0: Good afternoon. My name is Neve Kinsella, and you are listening to the College View's News Review podcast. Joining me this evening is the upcoming editor in chief, Jamie McCarran, and the upcoming deputy editor, Devon Sean Martin. For our last episode of this semester and my last episode as the News Review podcast editor, we'll be discussing two articles, but also Jamie and Devon's plans for the next year of the College View. So first up, I have here with me Jamie McCarran. So Jamie, if you just want to bring us through your first article.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Niamh. So basically, this is an article by Michelle Cullen about a study done by the USI into the amount of faith that third-level students have in the way Irish is taught in our secondary schools. And one of the main findings was that two-thirds of those surveyed want Irish to remain a compulsory subject for the Leaving Cert which is, I mean, arguably, it's easy for them to say when they're, they're finished leaving search. But yeah, it also revealed a lot of people, despite the fact they wanted to stay, it revealed a lot of flaws in um, the way it's perceived by these students. Like only 5% of the people surveyed, which was over 1,500 students, only 5% of them said that an emphasis was placed on Irish as a living language. So it's kind of, you know, jarring the kind of the results that were that were returned.
0: Yeah, very true. It's quite jarring, like in the article, I think one of the first things it states is that the USI report on the teaching of Irish 2021 aims to show the effectiveness of Irish language teaching to create proficient Irish speakers. And although in the article all students interviewed kind of contradicted the aims of the study by saying that the standard of Irish taught in schools like effectively just isn't great. So do you like think the report kind of failed in that regard or?
1: Yeah, I think the report definitely failed. But a lot of the time when you have a study that aims to prove something instead of aiming to find something out, it kind of will run into a lot of issues with like confirmation bias. And, you know, I think it was personally, I think it was a bad idea to commission a study with the aim of finding something out when you're asking questions. But it's overall, it's a good thing, I think, that the study didn't succeed because I mean, it's not useful to find out that what they think is true. You know what I mean? It's good to see what these students actually think, if that's their aim. Only 7% of people thought that the syllabus helped them to learn Irish, which is like incredibly low. Of course, people would wish that it was much higher than that, but at least we know now. And now we can ask why is it only 7% and how can it be improved upon? So overall, the results are much more useful than they would have been if it's just we want to prove that we're good at teaching Irish. And then they, you know, prove that. So, you know, now there's sort of a basis that they can aim to improve upon. And I think that that's far better than proving something when the results obviously from these students say that it's not true.
0: Yeah, it's kind of successful in the sense where they have something to base off where they can possibly change the syllabus and make the standard of Irish in schools better. I know like my own experience in school was that it was just kind of like a learning off game, like just word for word learning off stuff. And it definitely didn't help me with my Irish at all. I remember paying for my grinds, my own grinds every week for higher level Irish. And I still ended up not counting my Irish because it was my worst graded subject and it's, I think that happens to a lot of students where they spend the most time on the subjects that obviously, naturally, you find the hardest, you're going to put more work into. But with the likes of Irish, because it's just learning off stuff and you're not actually learning the language, you're not really learning how to speak the language and bring it into your day to day kind of vocabulary. They definitely do need to change the syllabus, I think.
1: Definitely. I mean, I went to an all Irish primary school and an all Irish secondary school. And like there was a lot of value placed on like the you know the cultural importance of Irish at home, but obviously that's that's only the case for like a very small minority of people, and I can completely understand where the results uh, of this study are coming from when you see a majority of people feel like it hasn't succeeded, and you know it doesn't really there isn't a push after the leaving cert for people to continue to to learn Irish, which I think is very unfortunate. I'd say like one of the things wrong with the syllabus is that it puts a lot more it puts a lot more emphasis on writing and reading Irish as opposed to speaking it, which, you know, in a country like ours, you're not writing essays and stuff in Irish on a daily basis. But if you wanted to, you could be speaking it on a daily basis. And I think, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I think that could that's definitely something we should look into in terms of how to improve the way that people actually want to learn it instead of being sort of forced to do it. For the leave insert, which I think kind of creates its own problems. I mean you know you study geography and you don't really like geography but it's mandatory you're not going to be super enthusiastic to continue learning about geography and hills and stuff after you finish school so I think that definitely needs to be improved upon.
0: Yeah I know in the article as well it's said or someone mentions it that Irish isn't standardized in primary schools and I never really thought about it until I read the article. Where, if you think about it yourself, or I know you went to an all Irish primary school, so it's different, but myself, I went to two different primary schools and standard in Irish, and both of them were completely different. One, some of the teachers would put more of an emphasis on learning Irish, but then I was younger then as well. So it's kind of different, the standard of it. But in my second primary school, then it just depends on what teacher you're given, and you know if they themselves have an interest in Irish from fourth to sixth class I distinctly remember like none of my teachers had an interest in Irish so I really didn't do any Irish then going into first year for secondary school my level of Irish just wasn't kind of up to par as such as other people some people would have already gone to a talked I never even knew what a talked was you know it's just it really I think it needs to start in primary schools not even changing the syllabus for secondary schools but definitely making it more standardised in primary schools too. So everyone has the same level going into secondary schools so maybe then they can start changing that afterwards.
1: Even in my primary school where it was all through Irish even then it wasn't standardised because you know unfortunately the nature of Irish in this country is that it's only sort of widely spoken in a few small pockets to the west and you know growing up in Monaghan like myself we had one You know very few like primary schools that spoke Irish and um, the problem with that is that we have teachers from Donegal and Mayo and Kerry and different parts of the country all teaching you and then at a formative age taking in all those different dialects it can be quite difficult to understand because you're you know one teacher saying oh yeah it's on high here the other teacher saying it's on guy here and it just kind of messes with your head but yeah I mean hard to get around that kind of thing you know
0: yeah well, hopefully, this study from the USI kind of forms a basis for change, and hopefully, we do see change for students um, in the future in Irish and in general. So, thank you for that article there, Jamie. So, we're just going to move on to Devon next. So, Devon has an article here about St. Patrick's Day celebrations across the US um, to do at DCU alumni.
2: Thanks again, Neve, for having me as well. So, just this past week, the DCU alumni office hosted three uh, virtual St. Patrick's Day celebration events um, with their international alumni in three cities. Uh, these were San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and New York City. Um, and these are these were the first uh, sort of celebrations of these kinds that took place in over two years because, of course, if you think about it, um, you know, right around St. Patrick's Day last year was when uh, you know, things started to hit the fan as far as COVID. So uh, the event last year was canceled. So this was sort of D.C.U.'s first bid at um, making that first, you know, outreach, outreach arm to their alumni since uh, you know the pandemic began. They hosted these discussions amongst alumni that they brought on specifically to speak about their profession, so that they had various um, successful in business and politics and economics. And they had the, this panel discussion hosted by the, the alumni office where they discussed you know, their, their careers and, and the current state of the world. Uh, and then each meeting finished uh, with uh, something that was quite creative, in my opinion, which was uh, a networking opportunity where before this meeting, every attendee filled out a survey where they um, explained the industry that they're in and, and the industry that they're interested in meeting people in. And then based on that, uh, the alumni office actually broke up the meeting into focus groups uh, breakout rooms based on that survey so it was an opportunity for people not only sort of get a taste of you know dcu and a taste of home if they're from ireland and they're abroad but also sort of get that that sort of networking taste that they would get if these events were in person
0: yeah yeah that is really good it's kind of sounds like it made up for the fact that they couldn't you know hold their events in person like anything else i know with some events they're not really up to the standard that they will be in person, but it does sound like they kind of say they, they did well with it and it was successful. The article mentions the success that DCU's Structured Mentorship Programme, which is run through the Alumni Office, has had during the pandemic. So can you explain for our listeners in more detail what the Structured Mentorship Programme is? Sure.
2: So the the mentorship program, as you said, it was a a focus point um, that that certainly the alumni office wanted to touch on in these meetings because it has been very successful this year. And and what it is, is um, it's it's an opportunity where current students at DCU, um, when eligible, which I think for most courses is in their second year, can be paired up with a DCU alumni who's already in the field that they're interested in. Um, So it's an opportunity for these students to Build a relationship with with this D.C.U. alumnus and and sort of build a what you would hope to be a strong connection that can that can you know benefit you not only personally but you know mainly professionally when it comes to understanding of the industry um, you know uh, uh, connections uh, networking sort of it's it's a lane to sort of break into the break into the professional sector that they're trying to to get into and then um, at least the way the way D.C.U. puts it. Um, you know, it's an opportunity for the, the alumni who, who's leading the, um, uh, the, the mentorship uh, relationship to sort of uh, give back um, to DCU, which is, you know, in theory, the, the school that, um, that propelled them to, to their success. So it's, it's sort of this, this relationship that DCU sets up that I think is and in its 16th year actually obviously this year is is like no other but it's a program you know that that connects that connects several generations of dcu students
0: yeah that's actually really interesting i'd never heard about that before before the article in terms of like if say for any of our listeners here wanted to apply for that do you know how they would go about that and is there like any fees for that or anything or
2: no so as far as my understanding of it each Course has a different year of eligibility for when you can apply. I think for journalists, it's second year because I think Jamie and I got an email early this year uh, asking us to sign up for for this program. And I, I know some of our classmates who did and were paired up with with DCU alumni who are in the journalism field. So uh, we now we have a three-year course. So uh, you know this is our middle year. So it's our second year. Um, I don't know what that structure would look like for, you know, something like a four year course, I don't know if they do it in third year or if it's still in second year, um, I'm not sure, but uh, I do know that I think virtually, I don't know if it's all, but most of the, the courses offered at DCU do at some point in, in, in one of the years, um, offer the, the ability for students to sign up for, for this program and, and make the most of that opportunity.
0: Yeah, that is a great opportunity. Um, I'm surprised I, I didn't hear, hear about it before and I definitely would have applied if if I hadn't remembered hearing about that. Thank you for your article Deb. Obviously we're coming to the end of this college year and both Devon and Jamie have been elected to their new positions in the college view so congratulations to you both. Jamie is our new editor-in-chief and Devon is our deputy editor so do you guys have any plans or hopes that you're looking forward to for the next year? And obviously, you know, hopefully it's not all going to be line like this year for you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think bringing new ideas to the table is kind of a very important part of this job and like steering the college for you in a slightly different direction than it has been going. Um like even relating to what we were speaking about earlier, the other article about Irish and how college students feel about it. I really think that we should bring back the College Views Irish section, which has been, you know, gone for the past year. You know, a lot of people might say, you know, why bother bringing it back? But I think, you know, the real question is, why shouldn't we? You know what I mean? It's the the national language. We've got a lot of students in DCU that are teaching Irish or learning Irish or just even speaking it. And I feel like they would definitely benefit from you know, having an Irish section, they would like, you know, it would really help. And, you know, at the end of the day, one of the big parts of the College View is giving people experience at writing in a certain field or topic. And, you know, if there's people that want to write in Irish and they can't, then we've kind of failed that section of our of our community. But I think, and Devin and I have spoken about this quite a bit, but I think probably the biggest change that needs to be made is an increase in original reporting, because, Hopefully you haven't noticed, but the past year, a lot of it has been like, you know, oh, this is from the DCU comms page. This has been, you know, we're following up on something the Irish Times or whatever might have written. And I mean, there's nothing very wrong with that in a time of COVID when we're, you know, all stuck at home. But I feel like we could be doing so much better. And hopefully in the next year, we'll have the chance to show that. But I mean, yeah, I think social media has a lot of promise in terms of, you know, sourcing kind of original articles. Like there was, a, there was an article that I myself wrote a while ago about NUI Galway charging very high fees for people that need to repeat exams. It was like 300 euro for one single exam, which, you know, it's quite inconsiderate in the times that we're living in right now. And it hadn't been covered at all by any student newspapers. It was, I think there was one article written uh, by like Galway Bay FM. And aside from that, it all just came from one hashtag on Twitter. And, you know that kind of thing i think is really valuable you know we might as well make full use out of like the modern you know communication sphere that we have at our disposal these days and yeah i feel like the college view should really become a leader in like original student reporting and you know that's something that we really need to improve upon and we will
0: yeah completely like it's 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 really good for the paper but it's all also really good you know for the student journalists that are doing that journalism and show and they can come up with these ideas and it's not just taking a pitch even say from the college's website it's pitching their own stories and coming up with their own stories and not just following from the Irish Times or you know the journal or anything of the sort that so yeah that really is an exciting prospect and although I'm not going to be a part of the paper next year because I'll be gone but I'll definitely be looking out for you guys and hopefully see some more new original important and you know it's quite exciting for the next year
2: yeah just to to echo what Jamie just said I, I think it, what he said was was very well said um, voice of a true leader uh, we both thought from the first time we we sort of corresponded after we got these positions that you know a number one priority needs to be um, really reclaiming that that top spot uh, as a, a real true student newspaper that's a reflection of of the community that it represents and is a, a watchdog for the the school um, the that, it, that it's at and you know all these sort of buzzwords that we hear in journalism um, you know but it's true I mean perhaps it's a, a symptom of the the pandemic um, but we both made the observation that this last year um, there was there was a, an element of sort of complacency when it came to um, uh, pitching stories and original reporting um, you know that that uh, I think affected both of us um, too you know uh, I'll speak for myself uh, I know that even even on a particularly difficult week, maybe I would settle for a a sort of very unhelpful, uh, bland, nothing comment from the DCU comms team on the story instead of, you know, pushing deeper. Like I know um, we sort of can do and I I know the the paper deserves. So um, it's certainly one of our goals as we head in now to to our our first issue um, in the coming days um, under our leadership to really sort of turn the tide on. On the amount of of original reporting at the paper, and, and turned uh, the college view into a paper that that people will read for the stories um, in it that they can't find that they can't find elsewhere, right? So it's it's not just a, a student perspective on this story at at the Irish Times, or um, you know a different angle on you know this uh, event that that DCU Comms team posted about on their on their um, on their website not to say that those things don't need to be covered because of course they do, um, but you know, it's just a matter of, of maintaining uh, that originality with, with every step, even with these sort of mundane um, reportage kind of stories. Uh, it's a matter of encouraging and cultivating a culture where all of our writers know that there's that expectation to, um, to, to dig a little bit deeper, even if it's something you know, simple, even if, if it's an extra 50, 100 words in a story, um, that's just your own sort of your own your own digging. Uh, you know, it, it makes it makes the world a difference. Um, and in sort of what what Jamie was speaking about too, just to pivot here about the the Irish section. Um, you know, as far as sections go, I, I think another uh, area for improvement is the video section. One of my ideas this year is is to really increase the the productivity of DCU's video section, which has been more or less dormant. Um, over the past few years, you know, we, we posted, you know, maybe a handful of YouTube videos to the College View YouTube page, um, which I know uh, um, there's certainly room for improvement there because I've seen the the amount of filmmaking talent that's abundant at DCU. So um, I think one of my ideas as we go forward with the next year is to produce, you know, maybe 15 minute, 20 minute sort of short little um Documentary-like videos uh, about, um, you know, an original story that maybe the the video editor pitches, or, um, you know, maybe maybe it's a, a follow-up of a of a story that we actually wrote for the news section or for the feature section, um, but it, you know, it's a, it's an original piece of of video um, journalism, which you know I, I think has been has been missing from the College View, and I think, um, you know, the the College View could really benefit from because we all know. Things like YouTube and, and TikTok, how we love to to watch videos. It's it's such an easy way to consume content. It's one of my favorite ways to consume uh, content, especially news content. I mean, I, I am a I'm a I'm a newspaper guy, but um, you know, you ask me would I rather spend two hours reading a newspaper or two hours watching you know Free Solo, uh, which is a Oscar winning documentary. I'd probably choose Free Solo just because it is easier to consume for people, especially our age. Um, so uh, as far as as far as the video section and Um, just the the general, um, the the general original reporting uh, that comes from the paper, uh, Jamie and I definitely have high hopes for the next year.
0: Yeah. Lots of exciting prospects from both of you. So I look forward to seeing it all kind of flourish and come to life this year. And I wish you both the best of luck. So thank you for being guests on my last episode of the News Review podcast. I hope our listeners enjoyed this episode and all previous episodes this year. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at The College View for regular updates. And I hope you tune in next time for one last time. That's all from me, Niamh Kinsella. Thank you.